Welcome. You've joined The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, of course, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So, do you find it difficult to surrender to pleasure and just let go? Does your erotic self seem alien to you? Then it just might be time for some sexual healing. Today, we're going to be talking about our relationship with sex at different times of our lives, from the horny, hot and horny 20s to the stale and boring 40s, and how it's never too late to reawaken your sexuality so that you can have a better relationship with your partner, juicier sex, and more passion in your love life. Yeah, and our sex got fantastic when we turned 50. I mean, that was, since 50, our our sex life has been absolutely fantastic, But before we get into introducing our guest and on with the show, let's remind everybody to join us at Nadia Norlin's July 24th to 28th. 2019. Nadia Orleans is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world with over 1,300 couples. This event is not only a full takeover of two of the French Quarter's largest hotels, it also takes over the one and only Bourbon Street as well. And to find out more about Nadia Orleans, go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, on the travel and events page. All right, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are so excited to introduce our amazing sexpert guest today. We have Jeanne Palette, uh, who is a sex and intimacy educator and coach, as well as the author of Living an Orgasmic Life, Heal Yourself and Awaken Your Pleasure. And working mostly with women to help them heal from sexual trauma, Jeanne teaches them how to rediscover the joy and pleasure of sex all over again. Do you live an orgasmic life, hon? Mm, for sure. I love when you come. Sometimes you come and you squirt. Are we going to get into that today? Yes, of course we are. All right. Well, let's welcome Janae to our show. Uh, she's been traveling the world and we finally got her settled down back in sunny California. Welcome. Hello. How are you? We are doing great. And we're really looking forward to having this conversation with you because, you know, you are so full of so much interesting, informative, fun, exciting. We might just have an orgasm <laughs> while we're doing the show. <laughs> I would love that. Oh my gosh, that would be very, very fun. And we all know that you have an amazing story to tell. And, you know, not unlike so many other of us who are blessed with a second chance, you had your second chance. And why don't you tell us about how you took advantage of that? Yeah, so um, I was in a sexless marriage for over 26 years, um, starting from the age of 24, which is when I got married. I graduated law school the week before, (laughs) and... um, I, uh, you know, when, when our, when my marriage, when, when I guess I finally had the strength 
to be able to leave the marriage and I was just um, I was in my late 40s at the time um, I knew that I had to take a really hard look at what was going on in my life because the reason we had a sexless marriage is because sex was very painful and uncomfortable for me and it had been that way since the very first time I had sex when I was 16 years old and it really it honestly never got any better and so after my two kids were born um, and I was a young mom so I was like done at the age of 28 um, which seems ridiculously young right now yeah Um, (laughs) right I we just kind of I kind of closed up shop when it came to sex and it really wasn't a conscious decision so much as, you know, an unconscious decision. But because there was so much drama in our sex life, it it made sense, right? Like nobody wants to have sex and have tears and, you know, get in fights and it was just awful. Um, And so, you know, slowly we started getting less intimate and stopped touching and then eventually we stopped sleeping in the same bed for, you know, a good 12 or 13 years. So when we decided to separate, I just realized I had to take a really hard look at my own life and my own sexuality and figure out what was going on. And I really had no idea what was going on. I only knew that I it couldn't continue like this because I knew that I wanted to be in another relationship and I couldn't figure out how to do that, feeling as broken as I did. And um, I was fortunate and maybe the universe brought this to me to meet a man. I was living in New York City. We were living in the city at the time um, and to, met, to meet a man who had done a little bit of Tantra. We met on OkCupid and he introduced me to Tantra, which I had no idea what it was uh, and offered to do a night of goddess worship, which I also had no idea what it was. Um, and for whatever reason, I said, okay, that, that sounds different. That sounds interesting. I'm open to that. Um, and it was an amazing night because, well, I'm sure you've done goddess worship, right? Or God worship. Like I just was able to receive without any expectations, any obligations. You know, he didn't care if I came having orgasms was impossible for me at the time. He didn't really care. You know, uh, and it was just a totally beautiful experience and completely different than the type of experience I had had in other sexual relationships, which is primarily with my husband. Um, And, you know, at the end of that night, I was just like, I did have pleasure. It was the first time really ever that I had pleasure during sex, uh, which was amazing And I just said, like, I don't know what just happened and I don't know what this is, but I need to have more of this in my life. And that became the turning point for me. And then, you know, after some period of time, I did more Tantra and then I decided to leave New York and stop being a lawyer and doing all the stuff I was doing and move to California and really, really take a deep dive into sex by doing a ton of trainings because, you know, the best teachers are out here on the West Coast. This is a very, very sex positive community. Uh, And that was the journey. And so, you know, two years later, I started practicing as a sex and intimacy coach and 
I'm a trauma-trained um, somatic experiencing practitioner, and I do holistic pelvic care for women, and I teach Tantra as well, and I do a lot of other things in the area of um, women's health and sexuality, and I work a lot with couples as well. So I work with women and couples in sex- sexless marriages. That's my... And I'm super grateful to be able to have this life and to be able to not feel like I have to do work, but that every every time I see a client, it's like we're on a journey together and it's exciting and interesting. Wow, that story is really powerful. And the fact that you know people can change and that things aren't stuck in stone, that we actually can work out our issues and have these beautiful awakenings like what happened to you. And it turns your whole life around, which is absolutely amazing. So should we guess that you're now having better sex, greater sex, more orgasmic sex? Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I had a huge sexual healing and a sexual awakening um, as I was doing my own work and then was able to have and continue to have beautiful sexual relationships um, with, you know, a variety of different people. And uh, my life is completely different. It's completely transformed in so many ways and you know I'm actually in my body I had no idea what it meant to be in my body but now I do (laughs) we always say it's never too late Uh, to start again yeah absolutely and you know when we're young and we get married like like you were so busy with law school and then you graduate you get married and nobody really teaches us how to do it properly so I'd like to take this discussion back to kind of the beginning let's start with talking about our relationship in general with sex in our 20s do you remember the 20s when you were 20? Sure. Really? Let's just say that, you know, we've won the waiting game, the the dating game, we've got married, and we've had all that amazing hot and horny sex, uh, you know, for maybe 12 to 18 months. But now the honeymoon is over. And all of a sudden, our sex life is different. And it's actually hard work, even when you're still in your 20s, after all those hormones have died down a little bit, and now real life sets in. So if you had a, a client meeting you, who are maybe later on in their 20s and they've gone through this and they can't quite figure out what they're doing right or wrong um, because they don't really know. And, And I think you kind of felt that way too. You didn't really know what to do with all of that that wasn't working out for you. What would you tell your clients now that you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say a lot of things. I would say like, fantastic that you're coming to see me. Like, this is the right time, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you can have many years of great sex ahead of you. Um, and you know, it's not unusual that you know after the hormones wear off and the new relationship energy wears off that you're just like, oh, like what do I really want? And so it's really going back to the basics of like what actually do I want? What actually does turn me on? Because often in those, you know, first sixteen to eighteen months, like everything turns us on. There's nothing that doesn't turn us on. Um but when our hormones settle back down and we're in a much more um stable place with a partner, we really need to start like communicating like, what do I want? What do I desire? Do I have a particular fantasy that I've really never been able to, never been able to express before? How do we make sure that we can have that opportunity and that relationship? That's where, that's where I start. You know, who knows? Maybe I'd even do some anatomy lessons because, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. nobody teaches us how to have sex. Mm -hmm. 
And very, right. And very often, like there are things that we don't even know places that, you know, how many people have come into my office who don't know anything about the fact, the fact that the clitoris is only 25% exposed and 75% under the skin, but there's all this erectile tissue or who don't really know how to activate a woman's G spot or a man's P spot, right? right? There's so many things we, we don't know. So often in, in their 20s, it's a lot of like education and like, let's try this. And what about trying that? And how do you really communicate with each other? Now, like you said, we don't actually learn how to have great sex <clears throat> at, at all. No one ever teaches us that. And, and also about love. Like if you don't have a great role model in your life to guide you, you don't even know if you're experiencing a healthy sex life because no one's told you what that means. Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, and, and so many of us just have not had healthy role models in our in our life growing up. We really, like, our relationship with sex as an adult, even as a young adult, especially as a young adult, is really based on the messages that we received as a child around sex mm-hmm. and how we saw our parents modeling or not modeling right. a healthy sexual relationship. Okay, and so much changes in our sex life and our relationship to sex when that early 20s or even later 20s, whenever it might be, that now we've decided that we want to become a mom and that having sex for procreation is a whole different ball game. And that, you know, we might put up with something that we weren't quite knowing what we were doing before just because we know the end result is that we absolutely do want to have babies. And it's sure, certainly fun to practice uh, until until it works out, but that is a whole different attitude towards sex when we're uh, when we're in that that mode. It it really is, and um, you know, hopefully, right? Um, it's it's a fun place to be, <clears throat> and you get to have fun and have sex, and you know, know that you're wanting to get pregnant, and everything's wonderful. And then there's so many couples I see, not in their twenties, but in their forties, who are just struggling with um, fertility issues, um, and especially as people are getting having babies later and later, and then sex becomes a chore. Mm -hmm. So there can be, there can definitely be, you know, if it doesn't happen quickly or in the timetable that you think you want it to happen to, it can actually be a very stressful time for a couple. And it can also make sex feel very mechanical Mm -hmm. and very goal oriented. Mm -hmm. And then we forget about the fun and the excitement and the enjoyment and the orgasms. So it definitely can change you know, for sure can change what the relationship feels like sexually when you're trying to get pregnant. And that doesn't even talk about what happens after you've had babies. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) But one of the things that I do want to like get out there is that, you know, we almost all of us have a very difficult time talking about sex because we didn't grow up talking about sex. That wasn't kind of the norm in our society. Talking about sex is not there. But at this particular stage of your relationship, if you are planning to have a baby and you are actually talking about, hey, we need to have sex because we that's what we need to do to have a baby. That would be a great opportunity to start talking about sex and don't stop talking about sex after the babies come because we're not used to it. But if you have to actually have to communicate for the first time because you have to plan out having this baby, I just want to encourage everybody to continue sharing your ideas and your thoughts about sex and good sex and what you like and what you don't like because 
because here's a great opportunity of talking um, because you want to have a baby. So just keep it up. That's what I want to say. Awesome advice. <laughs> I agree 100%. Now, when the babies do come, it's a whole nother story where your life gets upside down, inside out. And of course, there's a lot of healing time. Uh, but getting back into it, I'm, I'm going to say almost as quickly as possible, I think has got to be mm-hmm. a, a good advice for couples. Because when you let that go too long and you lose intimacy, um, it's much harder to gain it back. Yeah, d- definitely. I, I usually tell new moms, like, if you haven't had sex within the first three months, like, after after three months, like, it's something to be thinking about. And if you haven't had sex after six months, then it's, like, time to, to really have an intervention. Like, call somebody, see somebody, because it's so easy, right? We get, like, we, we are over-oxytocined. As a, as a new mom, right, with a constant connection and being touched and touching the baby. And often, like, the last thing you want at the end of the night when the baby is finally maybe asleep for a couple of hours <laughs> is to be touched by your partner. But we really need to make space for that in the relationship because just as you said, like, I talk about it, it's like, you know, it's a muscle. And if you stop exercising it, it is going to get flaccid and it's going to feel weird and awkward when you start to try to reconnect with your partner sexually. So it's really important to make space for that and to make it a priority in some way, shape, or form, right? It doesn't even have to be like intercourse, you know, just lying naked with each other and being with each other will help to get you back in connection. Yeah, absolutely. So it's time for a quick break right now. We're just to stay on that thought. We're going to continue after this break. We've been talking with sex and intimacy educator, Jenny Pellet, all about our sexual relationships in our 20s. And, you know, at that time when we're building our families and our careers and whatever is keeping us busy. And when we come back, we're going to get into what happens, you know, after many years of marriage, when the sex maybe starts coming to be a little bit boring and stale. So this is A Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Just stay tuned. We'll be right back. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in a warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and today we're talking with author and sex educator, Janae Pellet. 
you know, last segment we were talking about, you know, having sex in our 20s. And now I think what I'd like to do is move on towards the 30s and 40s. And I must say, unfortunately, that it's very common in those years of marriage to experience some boredom in the bedroom. And David and I both understand what it means to be in a sexless marriage in our previous marriages, which failed. Um, 13 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, in part because we lost intimate connection with our partners when we stopped having sex. So, Jeanette, let's start by defining what is a sexless marriage? Well, a sexless marriage officially, I'm not even sure who the official people are who define it, is a marriage where or relationship where you're having sex less than 10 times a year. So that's officially defined as a sexless marriage. But I just I want to say, like, you know, for some people who are used to having sex three or four times a week, right, if they're only having sex once a month or twice a month, they may feel like they're in a sexless marriage. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of a, a, you know, it's kind of a definition that has a lot of uh, gray to it is what I would say. You yeah. know, we, we, we get into those um ruts every once in a while we get too busy we forget how to keep our family business um relationship sex life going and and it feels like something is missing in our relationship when i guess we on the average have sex twice a week now we're swingers and probably the world out there thinks we have sex like 10 times a day but no we have a life we get out of bed we 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 have we we have six kids (laughs) We, we we are productive people when it comes to society just like you were saying um yeah, if you're having sex on a regular basis and then something gets in the way. Last year, my mom got ill and I yes. had to spend time with her. And for a couple of weeks, we didn't have it. There's definitely something. There's there's that hole in the relationship that's missing. And when yeah, that goes on sure, too long, sure. that's when you start losing the intimate connection. And, you know, and actually, or you start making excuses. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say that yeah. it's not always the fault of one or the other when you start having a decline in your sex life. And even if it's brought on by something like we were saying, an illness in the family but very often we have to make sure that both of us are aware of what's going on and it's not that elephant in the room we should talk about it because you can say hey you know it's been a couple weeks um you know should we do something about it and it's oh honey i don't really feel like it okay can you explain to me why or how but we have Mm -hmm. to make sure that we we put that you know, we put that time aside to to reconnect. So if you were to give some advice, what would you say the first step would be that you would might recommend that to reignite the passion and intimacy in a relationship so that it doesn't fall into be a sexless marriage? Well, I think what usually, you know, other than the fact that our lives are super busy, but what I what I normally see that holds people back from having sex is that there's some sort of like an emotional Uh, issue around the relationship. So in my experience, a sexless marriage, and I'm basically talking about people who come to see me, you know, they haven't had sex in three years. That typically is what I hear, right? Mm -hmm. Three, Three years, five years, maybe a year. You know, typically what I see is that, you know, a sexless relationship that is really just a symptom, typically, of other things that are not going right in the relationship itself. So that's my always my first question is like, how are you guys feeling about each other? And so if this is happening in the relationship, like if you're feeling like, you know, wow, honey, I keep on asking you to have sex, but you keep on saying no, and it's like the fourth time you've said no, then I would get kind of curious and say like, um, 
are you pissed at me? You know, like, what's going on here, right? Because it really is often an emotional block or feeling not safe or feeling not loved or feeling disrespected or, you know, feeling like I'm doing all of the work and you, you know, you don't, you won't, you, you know, get pissed at me when I ask you to take out the garbage, right? Those type of things are really more focused on like what need, what emotional need as not getting met in our relationship that then translates into the bedroom. So that's the first thing I would do is like, hey, like, how are we doing? Because that's really where to start. Now, we talk a lot, and May is coming up, May is Masturbation Month, and we talk a lot about, you know, how self-pleasuring and masturbation is an important part of a person and a couple's relationship, but do you find in these couples that are coming to see you where they haven't had sex for three or five years, um, are they actually masturbating or are they masturbating and saying well you know I'm coming I'm getting off and I'm getting what I need and I I really you know I'll put my relationship my sex with my partner into a box and we'll just keep living our lives because it's better for the kids to have parents together and they get their sexual pleasure just by masturbating which you know we believe should happen as a couple and should be a healthy part of a sexual um, relationship not an excuse just to not have sex with your partner. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's the case. Often in that situation, it's one person who's masturbating and the other person who's just sexually shut down. And even when we have those conversations, it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, masturbating, but it's not very satisfying, right? You can you can sense in, in the conversation, it's not really what I want. It's just functional. Totally. Like, I'm a huge fan of self-loving yourself and self-pleasuring yourself and also doing it, witnessing each other or doing it at the same time um, if you're in a couple. But we all know at the end of the day, it's different than actually being able to have a sexual relationship with your partner. That may be like a stopgap measure. It might be a Band-Aid. It may be like, I I need to do this in order to be able to like not scream. But it's not really satisfying. It's not satisfying the need. It really isn't, right? It's like maybe you're scratching the itch, but you're really not satisfying the deeper need. No, you're absolutely right. Now, this stage in life where, you know, like you're maybe in your 30s and 40s where you're being like pulled apart by your your career, your growing family, maybe ailing parents, and the list goes on because there's so many things that can just you know make you have to go in all these different directions but the one thing that I keep we keep hearing anyways on this show is that there's a lack of time in the day to really connect with your partner like maybe you're on different schedules or you're just so busy that as soon as you hit the pillow all you want to do is sleep and so what do you suggest that people do to absolutely make sure that they find time even if it's a small amount of time to actually have that intimate time together yeah so I have, I have two recommendations that I tell all my couples. The first one is like, you know, as unsexy as this sounds, and I know it sounds unsexy. I'm sure you give people this advice as well. And they say, oh, it's so unsexy. Um, you need to put time on your calendar. You literally need to put it on your calendar. This is our sex night. You know, not our date night where we go to dinner and the movies and then we come home at 11 o'clock and we're exhausted, but our sex night where we really make a conscious decision that we are going to have some sort of intimate connection. Now, it can be anything, right? Like I said before, it could be like we're naked and we cuddle. It doesn't mean you have to have like full out blown, you know, fucking. But there is, you do make it a priority and you do put it on your calendar. So that's the number one thing. What I also make all my couples do, or I suggest, I can't make them do anything, yeah, 
is uh, that they find five minutes a day, just five minutes a day, to be able to just have some quiet time with each other with no words, where you can sit across from each other on the bed and just like maybe touch each other's hair or face or have a little makeout session just to stay in connection. It's so easy to lose connection. You know, for a lot of us, and I I think women in particular, we really put it on the bottom of our to-do list. (laughs) That's been my experience. I'm with you. Where it should be at the uh, top. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. And I think men tend to put it a little higher on the to-do list, (laughs) but we put it on the bottom. We put it on the bottom of the to-do list. Um, And so just maintaining that, like if we can just have five minutes alone just to, you know, do look in each other's eyes, touch each other's hands give each other some appreciations, like just have five minutes alone, cuddle each other without having any distractions. That really helps to maintain the connection. And it, it has, it makes a huge difference. And then it's so much easier to get into sex and so much easier to get into intimacy when you have an hour or 45 minutes. No, and it absolutely, if you do it often, like you say, even five minutes a day, it's expected and it becomes a habit. So you're used to it and you want it and you crave even that five minutes minutes, you're just going to love it because, you know, that's what's keeping you going for the next part of, I don't know, doing homework with the kids and tucking them in and doing this and that, whatever that five minutes is, or whenever you find that time in the day, that's what's going to give you the energy to keep going. Because at the end of the day, the joy of your relationship is really what should be driving you to want to stay together. I mean, that's what it's all about, finding that joy together. And the point that was made is don't save sex till the end of the day till 11 o'clock at night we're tired uh, you, you know can. we have well, kids sure um, if you could squeeze it in in the shower in the morning while you're getting ready for work well like, that's or, a bonus or if you're going out for dinner have sex before you go out mm-hmm. for dinner mm-hmm. um, before the kids totally. come home from school yeah. come home for a little quickie in the afternoon <laughs> there's all different ways and just you know that excuse is oh I'm so tired we had a busy day I gotta go to sleep it's just it doesn't fly anymore well, it's, it's hard, but you can make that work. Right. You have to find a way. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way. I mean, that is, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, you know, I like to go to bed early and my, my, you know, my partner likes to go to bed late and, you know, like we're on totally different time schedules. And I'm just like, well, you know, like if it was really important to you, important enough to you, you know, you would find some time for it, right? Like if this is going to like be the difference between whether we're going to stay together for 25 years or not, I think you'd probably find some time for this. Well, like Carol said, so we have to take a shower. We have to, take, priority. we have to take a shower every day. Go f- have a quick fuck in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can do whatever you want. Bring some good silicone lube and away you go and just some advice from people who know very well having a sexless marriage is not fun so whatever it is that you can do the five minutes a day that keeps the intimacy there um, just do it because the sexless marriage just ends in failure so we really gotta make sure you avoid that just one sec before we go to break that that thing about asking for sex and one person saying no should never happen both people should want to have sex with each other and if, if you're in a relationship where one person is always asking you need to sit down and have that conversation as as you were saying earlier Jeanette, is what what is going on is it you're too busy are you am I too tired and find the reason to have sex versus the excuse not to have it mm-hmm. definitely true 
So I think it's time for a quick break. And uh, we've been having a great discussion about how to avoid a sexless marriage and finding ways to stay intimate partners. And we're chatting with sex educator, Janae Pellette, who's the author of Living an Orgasmic Life. And when we come back, we're going to get into our new segment called Five Things You Should Know. This is A Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Are you ready for your erotic journey? Join host Lexi Silver every week for SDC's Seek, Discover, Create, the radio show. Whether you're new at this journey or well-traveled on the sexual road, we'll help you find your way with guest experts and hot topics about sex, relationships, and your health. You can also connect with the communities of SDC.com for even more advice and discussion. Listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carol and David and we're talking with author and sex educator Jeanne Pellet and we're going to be getting to our new segment, Five Things We Should Know. I love learning new things. You know, our show has been so fantastic. All our sexpert guests that come on are always teaching us new things. When it comes to sex, sexuality, and relationships, there's really so much to learn. And most of us don't know what we don't know. That's why we invite all our sexpert guests on our show to enlighten us about the topics that we really want to learn and grow and strive and be better and have better relationships and better sexuality and just better everything. So let's get into, you know, five things that we should know about living an orgasmic life and you know we can talk a little bit about your book because it has some some amazing points in there and let's give some people some meat about five things that you come up upon all the time that is interesting information I, I guess I want to start by saying to me, living an orgasmic life, which is the, the, the title of my book and the reason I titled it that is because living an orgasmic life like a good orgasm means that you're living in the flow. Like, you know, a good orgasm has peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys, but it has a beautiful flow of energy. And I really think about living an orgasmic life of the ability to be able to live in the flow of life. And that happens when you connect with your sexual energy. Because I think the first thing we need to know about living an orgasmic life is that our sexual energy, our sexual center, this is true for both women and for men, in the book, I talk about a woman's pelvic bowl as being the center of her creativity and her power. But when we connect with our own sexual energy, we change the energy that's all around us because sexual energy is very, very powerful. It's life force energy. We create new life from our eggs and we create new life from sperm. And so being able to be in connection and, and feel your sexual energy, which happens by being sexually active, by masturbating, by self-loving, by having sex, really allows you to be more in the flow of life and bring into your life what you really want to have. So I think that's the first thing we need to know about living an orgasmic life. And that's why, you know, in my opinion, orgasms are so powerful. So just to recap this... 
the sexual energy comes like we purposely feel that sexual energy like we can consciously make that come out well yes for sure i mean we feel the sexual energy when we're in in a state of orgasm right that is a huge rush of sexual energy we feel that sexual energy when we breathe into our pussy or we breathe into our cock and we really feel our connection to our sexuality being very conscious about it, right. right? Very conscious about connecting with our sexual energy. Beautiful. The, the second, the second thing I want to say about living an orgasmic life as a couple, I think it's really important to be honoring to each other and to each other's genitals. You know, I just flipped open a page in my book, and it's like, ladies, men need to hear compliments about a man's cock. And I think that's a really important thing that we actually, you know, honor each other's pussies and each other's cocks and tell our partner that you're beautiful and that I love, you know, I love your cock. I love how it makes me feel. I love your pussy. I love the way it smells or the way it tastes. And this is really important because we all carry so much shame around sex and especially genital shame that being able to hear this from our partner helps us to start to normalize it and to feel better and to feel better about our own body because that's an important part of living an orgasmic life is loving and accepting your body and yourself because if you can't love and accept your own body it's really hard to be able to open up in a very very vulnerable and sexual way so I think that's the second thing I think that's that some, I is, think that's something that we practice all the time I mean I'm very often between David's legs and playing with his hard cock and and just rubbing it gently even when we're not having sex just connecting sexually and I always tell him how much I love his cock even when it's not inside me and I'm just stroking it or looking at it or or licking it and I I often say that and it absolutely does have a powerful feeling that he this is something that I actually worship and love and, and want you, to be with you love me. cocks I mean even when you suck my cock you give me a blowjob it's because it makes you feel good I mean it makes me feel good for uh-huh. yeah. sure yeah I absolutely love to do that and I know he needs that reaffirmation just to know that yep. he's a great lover and a great person and that he's taking care of me so I really like that second point that you have about living the orgasmic life but she also says how much she loves when I lick her pussy <laughs> yes. and how much I make her come yeah. so she's always liking what we're doing <laughs> having sex that's why she's always smiling she has the most beautiful smile in the world thank you baby Mm, that's beautiful. That's Uh-oh. totally beautiful. I'm getting hard. We're going to have to have sex after this. <laughs> no problem. I'm here. <laughs> um, I think the third point is if you're somebody, a woman or a man, who has experienced sexual abuse or any kind of trauma, including trauma from childbirth or trauma from surgeries, it's hard to live an orgasmic life when you're holding that trauma in your body. And I really want to encourage you to get support around that and to work with somebody, a trauma specialist in particular, maybe somebody else who has, is comfortable dealing with sexuality so that you can really release that from your body because it is one of the things that really holds us back. And often, as we know and we've seen in some of these high-profile abuse cases, it often doesn't happen, the trigger doesn't happen until we're in this 
loving relationship with somebody who we feel totally safe with. And then we get triggered because like, oh my God, yeah, that other person I felt really safe with too. Maybe it was my father or my uncle or my brother and look what happened. And then the trigger actually shows up. So I think that's another really important part is to heal those parts of you that are hurt and that are wounded so that, and it may be that your partner can be part of that healing process as well so that you can really truly be um, your 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 most whole and healthy sexual self. And that's got to be a very, very hard thing to do because not, not only do we not want to talk about things that hurt because you don't want to bring back that hurt, but also that there's so much shame in it, especially you feel guilty that maybe I was asking for it or maybe I deserved it or all of those bad things that go with those thoughts. So it's a very hard thing to do, but I really love the fact that you invite people to just go there and, and see if you can't clear that out because that's really what's stopping them, right? Yes, for a lot of people, that is really one of the things that's um, that's really stopping them. Mm-hmm. The fourth part about living an orgasmic life is, God, there's so many things I could suggest, really understanding what your turn on is and really, really what you like and you know, what you want. Um, And in my book, I I give a lot of different ways in which you get to look at what you really like. But one of my favorite ways to look at this is to really understand what your core erotic theme is. And that is a term that was coined by Jack Morin. But your core erotic theme is basically, in a nutshell, what what emotion do you go to for sex? So whatever our fantasies are, and we we all have like themes with our fantasies and they could feel like they're all different, but when you really unpack it, you realize like, oh, you know, what I really want, regardless of how I set up my fantasy, is I really want to feel that I can be completely surrendered and not have to do anything and be completely taken care of. And that's the emotion that I go to for sex. And a lot of people don't really understand what that emotion is and what that desire is. But when you get that, when you figure it out and you can get that in your sex life, oh my God, everything changes because that's such a deep need, right? And there's lots of different potential emotions that we go to for sex. But once we actually receive that and we figure out how we can get that in our sex life or how our partner can play a little bit of a role in that, it may be that you can't get your fantasy because your partner won't do it. But but what other way can you get that emotion met in a different, you know, fantasy that your partner agrees to? That is incredibly incredibly powerful and really changes your sex life if you can really get that emotion satisfied. I think that's really important for couples. Now, I think David, one of his major feelings that he likes to get when he's having sex with me is that he likes to feel desired. He likes me to Mm -hmm. slowly take his clothes off and drop them to the ground and then the next thing and the next thing. And he loves the idea of me just, I just can't get enough of him. And so we do absolutely do those things during our sex play and it helps get those needs met like you said so sure figuring that out and, and what it is you want personally I like to be in charge so for us it actually is very complimentary so for me being in charge uh, and taking off his clothes it works very well 
Right, exactly. And, you know, you can see how powerful that is, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know for me, when, you know, I love being dominated, and when, my, you know, my lover dominates me, and I can completely surrender, I'm like, that's my happiest place ever, mm-hmm. right? And I can completely open myself up sexually. It's a very, very um, comforting. Uh, and it makes me like, oh, I want more of that. I want more of that. I want more of that, right? And that's what we want, right? We want to be able to to feel like we're getting what we want and we can continue to get what we want. Uh, And that's super important. And then I would say the last piece of it is there's a, there's a practice that I teach that really can has really has the ability to shift your mindset when it comes to sex. And the concept is touching your partner for your own pleasure, Mm. which is not normally the way we touch. We normally touch our partner in a way that feels good for them, but we don't normally consider our own sensation and our own pleasure. And that really changes it because, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm kind of sitting here touching her and I'm getting, you can just see, I can see it in my office, even when I have them do a little arm exercise, you can tell that they're really not present and they're really not there. And they're like touching her arm or his arm because like, that's what Janae told me to do, (laughs) but I'm not really like, I'm not there and, and touching for your own pleasure actually by its nature because you're focusing on your own sensation and thinking about like oh wow like how can I use my partner's body to make my own body feel good and when that happens we create this pleasure circuit because it feels good for me my partner feels how good it's feeling for me right and they're feeling desired and they're feeling my desire and that turns them on more and then that turns me on more because there's just this pleasure that starts to circulate around um, and it's it's very important and I, I, I see this a lot with women who don't like giving blowjobs you know this is like one of the things I hear a lot from women oh I hate giving blowjobs blah blah blah, blah. and I just say like well what if you just take your partner's cock and think about like how can you make it feel good for you how can you make it feel good in your lips how can you feel make it feel good on your tongue you know maybe you don't want to shove it all the way down your throat because that doesn't feel good for you doesn't feel good for me I know that about myself but how can I use other parts how can I use their body part to make my body feel good Um, and that is a really different way to approach touch and a different way way to approach connecting with your partner that I think really shifts things for people like really shifts things for people I think that's such amazing advice and I know that so many guys like to have their cock sucked and they will grab your head and bring it down and you know that that's not what you like and yet you don't say anything probably because there's a cock in your mouth you can't really say anything and usually you don't discuss it later well that's not really giving me any pleasure so I think first of all like what you said is find that way that it could be pleasurable and use your words because if you're not liking it because he's grabbing your hair and pulling it down you have to tell him that we should have had this discussion right. last week for steak and blowjob day <laughs> yeah you're march, right. 14th is, <laughs> march, march 14th is steak and blowjob day we had a great show but you know this is great advice yeah you, you know it, and just like you were saying earlier david how i love to suck your cock for me and it's nothing i tell david if it feels good for you that's great so bonus exactly. but if i'm doing this for me and i make my mouth and my juices flow by sucking your cock the way i want for as long as i want whether you come whether you don't i don't 
care. It's for my pleasure, right? And, and I know you get a lot of right. pleasure and we're going to be at Hedonism and we're going to be in the playroom and there'll be lots of good, nice, big, regular, Juicy all cocks. different types of cocks. <laughs> and I love watching you give other guys head yeah. and suck their yeah. cocks two, three at a time. Because not I know three, it, but two. No, well, you have one in each hand. One, you know, uh, okay. you're very, okay. you're very right. creative. Yeah. I know how that gets you turned on, and you know, I could be sucking, licking your pussy while you're sucking those cocks, and I feel your juices and everything, and you squirt, and that helps your sexual experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that advice. So we got five great things. First, finding your sexual energy and connecting with that, and then honoring each other's genitals which wow that is a really really good point um, I think we talked about getting help for trauma and finding that mm-hmm. thing that really turns you on and then of course lastly touching for your own pleasure those are five amazing things thanks so much Shanae for all that great advice thank you and it's all that all of that's in my book <laughs> and yeah. more no, that's perfect. Let's just remind everybody that, um, you know, this is a sexy lifestyle and we are Carol and David, but we also have our website, the sexy lifestyle website, which has lots of credible information covering all topics related to sex and sexuality and relationships. This is the sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David. It's time for a short break. And when we come back, it's time for our favorite segment. Great sex matters. Stay tuned. Whether you're new to single life, stuck in dating hell, or coupled up and trying to spice things up, Done Being Single with host Treva and Robbie Sharf is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, Done Being Single is dating intervention with practical tools and tips that will take your dating game to the next level. Tune in to Done Being Single, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. And be sure to follow Treva and Robbie on Instagram and Twitter at Done Being Single. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're having an amazing discussion with Janae Pellette, sex and intimacy educator and amazing coach. And now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. And now we're going to talk and get into another topic in which David and I are very, very intimate. Sex over 50. We're both 56, and we're having the best sex of our lives, and I hope you all heard that. Yes, it's possible to have great sex when you're over 50. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I have never had better sex since I turned 50 years old. And it's not because of swinging. It's because of our connection. And we know everyone, I mean, everybody knows that we're swingers. And we've been for about 10 years. Uh, we love foursomes and moresomes. We have the most amazing and intimate sex, just the two of us, like I was saying earlier. And it really gets better and better as we get older as we get more familiar with our bodies, as we communicate better, um, let's talk about sex in the 50s. Sure, and Janae, if a couple is like over 50 and they're empty nesters and they're fully in love with each other and they want to explore some different path of pleasure, where do you suggest they begin? Oh, sex in your 50s is so wonderful. 
and being an empty nester, like all of that is just so yummy, right? Because like all of that, all of that, some of that responsibility is behind you. So, you know, the word that shows up for me always uh, when it comes to sex and um, being, you know, being able to explore, the word that comes up for me is being curious. I feel like couples that are curious have actually all the research shows couples that are curious couples that are constantly trying different things going different places they tend to be the ones that really are able to last in a happy way for you know the long term and I think in your 50s you just have so much more freedom so you know the first thing that shows up for me is like go take some sort of workshop together you know, go take uh, go take a sexuality workshop. Go take a tantra workshop. Um, go take a sensual massage workshop. You know, go to a if if you're if you're somebody that likes being nude, go on a nude cruise. You know, like get curious and and just get outside of your comfort zone and. Do what the things that you've always thought you've wanted to do and you've never had a chance to do before. Maybe sit down with each other and just write a list of like, these are all the things I would like to be able to do sexually. You know, maybe we want to try role play. Maybe we want to try bondage. Maybe we want to try um, a sex toy. You know, S&M. Sure. A sex toy, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah, go to a sex store. Go yeah. to Good Vibrations. Sure. Or, you know, one of their sisters and, you know, check out like different, you know, sex uh, toys. So it's about being curious and just th- just thinking about like, wow, like the world is our oyster right now. Our kids are out of the house. Hopefully, you know, we've got a lot more time and freedom and resources. Like, how can we just like, get really curious and explore and do different things. I mean, there's great books you can read. There's a guide to getting it on. There's a a million videos and there are sex experts. You guys have amazing content on your website. Become an encyclopedia Uh of different ways in which you can have fun and be sexy. And, you know, we always get questions about how do I become a swinger? Why do swingers swing? And Carol has a great way of describing it. Well, for sure, swingers swing just for the variety and, of course... The excitement. Yeah, the excitement and variety. So you can have this excitement and variety in your sex life without being a swinger um, with all this type of advice that you just suggested. Try new things and new positions and new places and maybe walk around the house naked. Those are all fun things. But what I wanted to add into there is just, you know, take baby steps because you don't really want to trip and fall and then say, oh, we tried it and it didn't work out. So take baby steps and have fun with it. Because if it fails, you try a sex toy and it doesn't work out. Well, you maybe you pick the wrong sex toy. Go back to the store and say, hey, you know what? This little rabbit thing didn't work for me. I don't know why, but maybe I need something up the butt. Like, you don't know. So just have fun with it um, and be ready to try and fail and try and fail. Because that's that's also fun. And Janae, you also mentioned, you know, go on a, a nudist cruise. Well, you know, Carol and I travel on lots of um, lifestyle cruises. And I use the word lifestyle and not swinger specifically. Because when... When you go on the Bliss Cruise where we were in November with 4,400 open-minded lifestyle people or the SDC Cruise, which is going to be going out of Croatia in 2020, uh, or Hedonism where we're going um, this week, the majority, 50% of the people that go to these events or vacations or uh, retreats 
don't swing. They go there for the erotic experience to push boundaries, to fulfill fantasies. And it's not necessarily having fantasies with other people. It's what they can do as a couple to strengthen their couple. And some of them might be bringing a second, uh, a third uh, another woman in, bringing another man in. Some of them it might be just being an exhibitionist or a voyeur. It doesn't matter. It's doing something out of that comfort zone where society says you have to fuck in the missionary position on your bed on the left side for 50 years. Thank God, no, right? Boring. That's, <laughs> exactly. the, death of, that's, the, death of, that's the death of your sex life. Right there. And, and Janae, so many people talk about when you turn 50 and menopause hits, that's the end of your sex life. Tell me what you have to say about that. <sighs> Honestly, I think that's just absolute bullshit. And it's a myth. I, that's my honest truth. I know that hormones, I mean, I've, I've been through menopause and I was most sexual when I was going through menopause. Wow. And hormones definitely, you know, our hormones change and it can affect libido uh, and you can have vaginal dryness. But, you know, honestly, my experience with every woman that I've ever seen going through menopause, first of all, if they've been having really, really good sex before menopause, it seems like menopause has less of an impact on their sex life. Mm -hmm. If they haven't been having good sex, but they're going through menopause and they just got divorced and all of a sudden they meet a hot man, oh my God, (laughs) their pussy is unbelievably, all of a sudden it gets wet. Yep. Hello, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I think, what I honestly think is it's a myth that that women have created for those women who are the vast majority who have really never had great sex. So if you if your sex has only been okay, if it's been only okay, where you've just been obligation sex and you hit 55 and you hit menopause and your libido drops already, it's already low. And, you know, it's easy just to say, who needs this? Like, I'm done. And then you just have a great medical excuse to tell your partner, yeah, I'm done. I've hit menopause. I just don't think it's true. And the other thing that's very important to know, and I know you know this, is that it is true use it or lose it. Like the vaginal tissues need to constantly be stimulated. And the more sex that you have, the healthier your vagina is going to be because when you actually have either finger penetration or dildo penetration or any type of penetrative um, action that's going on, that creates the natural hormones, estrogen in our vagina. So, you know, and that keeps the tissues being thicker so that they don't atrophy and you don't bleed. Um, and also, like, just because your vagina atrophies doesn't mean it's like a muscle. You know, there's there's not a muscle in our body that doesn't come back if we work it. And it's the same thing with your vagina. Just because your tissues have gotten thinner and have atrophied, you can get them back into shape through doing your own pelvic uh, massage with your fingers um, or using a crystal wand or a dildo. Obviously, sometimes estrogen creams will help. But, you know, menopause is not the death knell for a woman's sex life and a woman's pussy. No, and especially <laughs> with Viagra. That's my take on it. Right, and especially with Viagra out there where a guy can keep his heart on for much longer or make a heart on if he can't, couldn't have done it before. So there's so much more sex after 50. Use lube. 
Yeah, and lots of lube. I mean, lube has become my best friend. We don't go anywhere without it because, like I said, we're swingers. We go out, we party. We don't know who we're going to meet. And there's always lube in my purse. I never leave the home without it. Well, maybe you should start putting the lube in your pussy and not in your purse and it'll <laughs> well, feel better. I, honey, I do that. <laughs> we have lube everywhere. We have the beautiful touch from warm experience, which is a dispenser. And we have it right beside our bed. And you just, with a wave of a hand, it dispenses warm lube into my hand. And I just have it on all the time when I'm ready when we're ready to have sex it's unbelievable it feels so amazing on my cock I know right so we always have lube available so that's all great but I think it's time for some final advice I know it's gone very quickly this show but the final advice I'm going to ask you today is what do you suggest a couple of any age okay what could they do tonight to begin their journey of increasing intimacy or or reigniting their lost passion so they could start down that path of living an orgasmic life full of great sex. So my favorite thing for any couple to do is to have a high school makeout session. Mm. A high school makeout session where you don't take your clothes off because it's a high school makeout session and you really tease each other and kiss each other and bite each other's neck and you build up the desire for sex but you don't give it to each other. High school makeout sessions can be very, very powerful and very, very passionate. And there's something really fun and juicy about having a high school makeout session and knowing it's not going to go anywhere that night. Now, do you plan that? I mean, it could, right? But, you know. Do you say, hey, <laughs> let's just make out and, um, you know, let's just see where it goes because I want to get hot and juicy with you, but, you know, let's mm-hmm. just do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Teasing, 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 right? Great sex is about teasing. I love and a, and a good high school makeout session that doesn't go anywhere is great teasing for the next night or the night after. And certainly. You're ready to, like, tear your clothes off. Starting out slowly and just touching your lips together and then just seeing where that goes and exploring with your tongue you know not not many people take the time and stop what they're doing and do exactly that what if you did that at the beginning of the evening then went out and you had that um, seed that was planted at the beginning of the evening and your pussy is going to be wet and you play with his cock under the table and you that's that's, that's that all day foreplay that we're talking (laughs) about and then you come home and rip Mm -hmm. each other's clothes off and have a great fuck fest wow that sounds like pretty sexy that's that's the way to that's the way to do it build up the desire tease and and I agree with you Carol like when I when I teach <laughs> when I coach a couple on a high school makeout session right. man like we do it for a half an hour mm. and they don't get to do passionate kissing till 25 minutes oh, in wow it's exploring yeah. and it's stopping and it's looking at each other and licking lips and what's it like just to receive kisses what's it like just to relax and give kisses and you know it's hot and I can feel it just touching fingertips you know you remember when you were little kid and you're just like you touch fingertips and you got goosebumps all the way down your body like I can picture that like you're you're bringing a good vision in my head I love it yeah one of, one of my friends she, she had she did the coolest thing with her partner and this went on for like four or five months I don't know how they how they could stand it but they basically came up with their own like interpretation of what first base second base third base and fourth base and 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 on okay, is yeah. and it start and it was like totally different it didn't even get to like genitals until they hit like eighth base <laughs> you know not even then right and so it was so fascinating to me and she said it was the hottest 
sex that she's ever had, even though they were actually weren't having intercourse because of the energy and building up the desire mm. and the teasing. And I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. But did they do that one day after the other after the other? Like just so that it yeah, didn't I think last they, forever, they, you know, right? they, they, Yeah, no, it, it went on for months. Oh, I mean, boy. it went on, it literally went on for like months. But I think they only saw each other like once a week, right? So they weren't living together. They were dating. But we just have um, to say. But I, I just loved it. Whatever can increase that intimacy so that you don't get stale in the bedroom. That's the most important thing. You do not want to have a sexless marriage because it's just a whole lot of not fun. And um, yeah, and just listen to all this great advice that we have from from Janae today because that's what it is. If you don't have intimacy in your life, you're going to be missing out on a ton of joy. And what's it worth otherwise? Why do I do it? And let's remind everyone that relationships begin and end in the bedroom. Absolutely. We say that all the time. And what happens between the sheets is super important for your relationship. So, Janae, thanks so much for all your great advice. I mean, I joked earlier that we can go on for hours and hours, but I think I'm serious. (laughs) So, um, we'll definitely have you back in the near future to talk about other great things about how people can improve their sex lives, have better orgasms, and get more into your book. So, why don't you take a minute now and tell people how they can reach out and find you? Yeah, thank you. So you can reach me at my website, which is powerofpleasure.com, powerofpleasure.com, where you can find out about all of my courses. I have an online course for women starting April 3rd, the Empowered Women's Guide to Orgasmic Bliss. It's actually a group coaching program. Um, And my sexless marriage programs. And my book is Living an Orgasmic Life. And you can find that on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, etc. Also, I think I'm on YouTube and other places. I'm all over Instagram, etc. But you can find that all on my website. Well, next time we come to California, we will definitely find you, look you up, and go out for a drink and maybe a party together. Awesome. Sounds great. So we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic expert guests, and we hope you do too. So remember to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and find credible information about sex and sexuality and all the fun things that relationships can bring. And remember, The Sexy Lifestyle with Carolyn David is on The Sexy Lifestyle Network, which is a 24-7 talk radio network with 25 other hosts, all talking about sex, sexuality, and relationships. Once again, that's The Sexy Lifestyle Network. Uh, Remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community where you can meet other sexy people and find out where all the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get your first month free. Check it out. Now, speaking about SDC, we are so excited to announce that we're going to be with them on their SDC Croatian cruise in August 2020, departing from Venice the 29th of August for seven sensual nights and eight glorious days of visiting some of the most historic cities in Europe throughout Croatia and the Eastern Mediterranean. So you can come party with us on a ship full of open-minded, sexy couples and find yourself swept up into the dream world of such incredible beauty and sensuality that it'll take your breath away. For more information about this trip or anything else, you can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, its travel and events page, or you can send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Well, that's it for another amazing show today. Janae, thanks so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. That was an awesome, fun conversation. It definitely was. And especially to everybody else out there for listening. So join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex and sexuality and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget, Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at thesexylifestyle.com with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to thesexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. 
Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throws of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.